Today's episode is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible. The goal of the CSB is to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity, all the while maintaining both accuracy and readability. With beautiful designs and multiple study Bible options, everyone, from adults to teens to children, can find a CSB Bible that they enjoy. Learn more at csbible.com. Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee, suck on cough drops, and have conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast, we're both still sick, but it's <laughs> it's going to be on. A-OK. <laughs> we're talking about age, of, age in leadership in the church. How young can people be to be leaders in the church? And is there even a biblical principle that we can play off of for this conversation? Fuller, you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Sorry, I'm just munching on a cough drop over that, here. That's right. I'm like half falling asleep. <laughs> it's only 8.30. I'm like, I'm so tired. Well, okay. So so you being a steel worker, how long have you been working at the steel mill? Five and a half years now. Okay. And you've always worked swing shift, right? I've at always worked mill? swing shift. It's just less swingy now. Like the past two and a half years, it's been uh, less swingy. Because of COVID? No, because I'm in a different position. So I get like six or I get seven weeks of like days and then I go through uh, like a month of rotation of like days, afternoons, midnights. So I start midnights tomorrow night for my five-day midnight run. So I worked Monday through Friday days this week. Tomorrow I start midnights for another five days. So I work 10 straight days. So so today, though, what time did you get off work? <sighs> 2 o'clock, something like that. So I got home around like what, like 2.30, well, 3 o'clock? I stopped got my hair cut. So it was like probably 3.30-ish. Mm, gotcha. Okay. So, but then, but tomorrow you're waking up and going back in at what time? Tomorrow I lay down for a nap and I get up and I have to be there at 5 p.m. And then what time do you get home when you work midnights? Uh, I probably am home around 6 a.m. See, that sounds exhausting. It is. Okay, so yeah. then how long does that stretch work? For five days. And then after that, what happens? And then I get a couple days off and then I go to five afternoons. And then I get a couple days off and then I go to seven straight days. And then I get a day off and go three more midnights and then I get a day off and go back to my seven weeks of days. How do you even have a rhythm of life with that? You don't. <laughs> you, you print off the schedule a year out so I have my schedule for the year. Oh, for real? And then you plan around it. Well, that's at least cool. At least it's not like a last time, hey, I need you to work midnights. Oh, that happens. That Call-offs happen. I mean, that's just time. part of the gig. Yeah, so I mean, every once in a while you got to double up, you got to cover. If somebody goes out sick, you got to cover. I mean, happens. So, Neil, say you got us at our, our, our best we are ready we are, to rock and roll. I have, I have cough drops surrounding me. Your your sore you're, throat. You're, you're I'm like I'm sleepy. I'm nauseous. I had a coughing fit like, upstairs stomach, right before we came down. Yeah, my stomach hurts, and it's like, all right, let's let's power through. So I will say, whatever Janiel made, like <sighs> Janiel made some. What, what was that sourdough bread with? Like, it was like a sourdough coffee cake crumble. But okay, um, have you ever had the cinnamon crunch uh, bagel from? Is it is is it Panera? No. Yeah, the, the Panera, the Cinnamon Crunch Bagel from Panera. No. There's also one at Martin's. 
No. The cake that Janelle just made was like that on steroids. Ah. Because there was like a two-inch layer of, of Cinnamon Toast Crunch style yes. cr- coffee and cake crumble. Yes, it was delicious. And it was glorious. She could have just made that and not have been okay. But I do have to say, you know, you asked me, like, Mark, do you want a small piece or a large piece? And you cut me out a piece. I'm like, here's your small piece. And I went, that's a small piece? Well, yeah, that was like a half a piece of what Janelle ate. So I figured, okay, well, that's <laughs> Well, now you're going to get me piece. in trouble for calling my piece little. So I was like, well, that's a small piece. If Janelle cut this much and I cut half of that, that's a small piece. And I took the that other half. That is true. So that way, when we go back up after this episode, we can have a little bit more. Well, you can. My stomach's killing me. <laughs> no, I, I, I am rip-roaring, ready to go. All right, so well, let's dive into some questions let's here. Let's dive in. That's another word that we let's should dive. put into the We're to the diving bingo. in. We're going we deep. We should do bingo. We should do RTC bingo where Marker Fuller sings. Bingo. <laughs> Fuller says the time. Uh, Fuller says lay in the plane. Mark says at the end of the day. Mark sounds like he cusses, but he says different words instead. Lark, Mark can't say. I said lark. Mark can't say <laughs> six. And I can't say ask very well if it's fast. <laughs> Sometimes I say friggin' or frickin' and really fast and it doesn't sound F- like that. R-I-C-K-E-N. Nah, bro. Two Ks. Whatever you want. No, no I'm, I'm just. I'm spelling I'm, it correctly. I'm pulling out my butt. But but right. so over in our Facebook community, our, our online Facebook community, which right now, day of recording, two, it's end of June. 230 something? 233 yeah, members. Right. Dude, to be honest, when we first started this, I literally made the joke with you. If I, I'll, like, we'll be lucky to have 10 people show up to this thing. <laughs> and you surprised us. Dude, this is Again. so much fun to actually get to know who our listeners are. Right. That's really cool. But, you know, last episode, we took the question from. Uh, let's load in from from Johnny about the best waffle or pancake topic. Yes. But what's the next one? We have a lot of ones that we could do rapid fire let's without go. spending a lot of time on it. So does that sound good? Let's do that instead of the would you rather or party cues. Okay, go. that sounds good. Okay, so which I've always wondered this. So it's it's is it Sarah? It's Sarah e. Franklin. She's been real. Like you you've been involved it. with it. She. It's, there's a Y at the end of it. Sari. Now do you pre- it's a say so? Sorry. I don't know, but you're going to have to tell us how to pronounce this because yeah. you have been so active in the Facebook group and it's been super cool and seeing you with it. we're down for it. We are down. She right, says, what's your favorite ice cream? Ooh. Well, on a, just a regular old day. Yeah, yeah regular old day re- and then regular the old, A regular old day, I would probably say either vanilla or ice yep. cream cake. Mm-mm. What type of vanilla? There's uh, differences. Just the vanilla bean vanilla. Yes, sir. All right. And then uh, on a really like, hey, I'm going to go outside of my realm of comfort. I'll get like butter pecan. Oh, okay. Man. So if you're a Dairy Queen, and I go, all right, bro, I'm going to buy you a blizzard. What blizzard are you going to get? Ooh, oh, any blizzard or the blizzard that's on the menu normally? Um, excuse you? Because they, they have regular blizzards that are always on the menu, and then they have the special blizzards that like they rotate through based on seasons. Oh, I got you. I thought you had knew some secret recipe or what. No, no, no. No, no, so, okay. okay uh, just Any of them? Any of them. So I would say the snickerdoodle. Oh, that was good. That one was the like the Snickerdoodle cookie mm-hmm. dough is my absolute favorite blizzard from Dairy Queen. You know what's really yummy? They don't sell it and they never will. But when you work there, you can bring in your own candies. Nerds blizzards are uh, glorious. Where was it at? I used to. They do used to do Pop like Rock. That. Remember Pop Rock yes. blizzards back in the day? Yes. Those were yummy. They used to do the nerds. I thought because I used to get them all the time. Dairy Queen well, back in the nineties. Maybe they did, maybe they did way back nerds. in the day. Yeah. So okay, next question. I, uh, bro, I haven't even answered it yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I You're thought just you just excited. I thought you just answered it with your nerves. No, my favorite ice cream is vanilla bean. Okay. What you said. With chocolate syrup. No, no. We're not talking about oh. toppings. We're talking about favorite ice cream. Okay. Vanilla bean. But if I'm getting a little bougie, I'm doing has to be vanilla ice cream, not chocolate, but boost tracks. 
Oh yeah, I just I bought some of that the, some last weekend. Vanilla for the moose tracks, yeah, mm. right. So, so yeah, not the chocolate because that's just, no, just too no. much and too much chocolate. Beth accidentally, well, accidentally, she it was on purpose because that's all they had there at Meyer. But they had like a like a sugar free one. It tasted really good. Oh really? It yeah. actually did. Okay, I was I was shocked. All right, probably because there was so much danger. Right. No sugar added, so there's still a sugar. Yeah, right. All right, all right. Next question. Next one comes from Andy Layman. What's your favorite pizza topping? Ooh, if fit, you say pineapple, you die. Just one topping or no, like no, what's your, what's your pizza? Yeah, yeah. Like what's your favorite pizza? Give me your favorite pizza. So I know it's going to sound really weird and really disgusting, but it's delish. Okay, so you got to get the Papa John's ultimate stuffed crust with the pepperoni inside the crust, right? And then you do grilled chicken, jalapeno peppers, and pineapple. And then you drizzle a little bit of the garlic sauce and a little bit of ranch on top. Oh. That sounds glorious. It is wonderful. So you get like a little sweet, a little hot, like a little that salty. That sounds amazing. And like creaminess. And it's just like, oh, fat kid likey. Yeah. That sounds amazing. So that's that's my go-to. That's 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 amazing. That's glorious. Okay, so my favorite. So lately, we've been rocking Domino's because that's probably sure. the closest to our house. Sure. And it's, you know, they got coupons or whatnot. I know one guy, so a couple people are going to hate me for saying that, but I enjoy me some Domino's. But I am a big fan of all the meats and all the veggies besides like olives. I don't want olives or oh, mushrooms. See, if I want everything else. Yeah, see, if I'm going to get everything, I'm going to get everything. No, I Except want for anchovies. everything. No, no anchovies, anchovies, but no onions. Oh, no, I love onions. Um, olives. The, the Probably the go-to that we do a lot, though, because of my mom, was onion, sausage, and pepper. Like, that's a big popular one. Yeah, with see, I'm not a big sausage fan on pizza. I, for whatever reason, I'm just not a big fan you of know it. Has a, you know what has a... Actually, it's nothing to do with sausage, but probably one of the best pizzas I've ever had, surprisingly, is the chicken bacon ranch from Bruno's. Mm, have you ever tried oh, it from Sailor's Pizza? Pizzeria? I, I tried Niles? Sailor's. Uh, Their chicken bacon ranch? Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's right there by the uh, Wonderland Wonderland Theater, right? No. No, this one is um, down off of East Chicago or West Chicago, West Chicago Road. Is there a Sailor's closer to us? There is. There's one on 933. Okay, that's in, what I'm thinking of. In, yeah, up in Roseland. Well, no, it's down in downtown South Bend. There's one like near where I used to live over on Whitcomb. Oh, right there by the U-Haul store. Yes. Over, gotcha. Over no, I've never there. had them. So they're never had them. Their their chicken bacon ranch is that's the only chicken bacon ranch place I'll, I'll oh, see. I, I got mine from, from Domino's and it ain't bad. Yeah. It ain't bad. Nice. All right. All right. Next, next one. one. Do you prefer this is from Lydia, Lydia Henry, which fun fact, former student of mine. Nice. Um, do you prefer savory or sweet foods? Mm, depends on the day. I used to say sweet when I was younger. But I'm more into a savory food now. So it depends on the day. So some days I'm like, mm, sweet Skittles. sounds really good. Skittles. Well, Skittles is good for all of us. That's a sweet and savory in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I uh, I would say it depends on the day, right? Some days I like to, like, after dinner, after kids go to bed, be like, mm, you know what? I'll take, like, a frozen yogurt bar, like the caramel frozen yogurt bars. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Or... Um, or I'll be like, you know what? I'm really in the mood for something salty, and I'll make like a big old thing of popcorn. See, we I, I eat popcorn almost every night. <laughs> so I used to, but I started. Or chips and salsa. I start. Yeah, I love chips and salsa. We do a lot too. of chips and salsa in our house. But I, I would say definitely probably savory over sweet. Um, right. She also asked, if you could own one exotic pet, what would it be? Ooh, I would probably say. Red Panda. 100% Red Panda. Yeah. It's I would, illegal. It's illegal, and I want it. I would probably say a lion or a tiger. Some sort of big cat. Oh, actually, no. I want to change that to a panther. I, oh, I, what? I would really? a panther. Bro, haven't yeah. you? Well, I guess, okay, you, 
Dude, I you want to be Mowgli. I, no, I like you want to be Mowgli. I like cats. I don't like stray cats because they oh, pee like and poop. the one that just yeah, we because they, about because there. of yeah. the reason what you mentioned they pee and poop they everywhere. They pee and poop everywhere, right? So and then There's I got my kids out there. I got my dogs out there. But I love cats, right? And so yep. I'm a big. I've always been a big cat guy. And so you love celery. Pan, yeah, panthers are are pretty awesome. Red and, red freaking panda. I did not cuss. Red panda though. I, t- I told. Well, I think it was his Red name was Tyler. Panda. Tyler. I told you that he says that word a lot. I, I'm trying to That's break true. him, but you know. That's true. I can only do what I can do. You're gonna have to lean on Beth a little bit. You know, I say crap on Instagram and it bleeps me out because I think it's that is hilarious. That was that was glorious. All right, we got time for one more. We quick got time one. for one more. Uh, let's get a good one. Oh, uh, oh no no, we're gonna save this. We're gonna save the Hawaiian shirt one for the next okay. episode. Well, that, you just said it. Oh my bad. All right. Well, Dustin, come back one. next week. Um. Okay, we're gonna do two more. One no, is one, one more. We got. We're already at twelve minutes. One I was gonna more. say because Joe Ferrer said when we're we coming down to Lima. Um, are you a Batman or a Robin from Tyler Pass? Are you a Batman or are you a Robin? I'm a. I'm a Robin. I am a hundred percent a Batman. I'm a Robin. That's why. We, that's why this works. I'm a Batman. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm like the hyper Robin. See, I kind of wants to be his own person. I don't but see you as a Robin. I guy. see you as a Batman. You're, you're more of like the smart leadership oh, guy. You're like a Batman. You're not a follower. You're mm. a leader. And so, but I, I, I. I do best, like I, I the, the, okay. There's all different types of leadership styles. Sure, sure. My leadership position is I do very well leading, especially when there's one more leader ahead of me. Mm. So like at church, everyone's like, "Oh, you're a great leader." I'm like, "Yeah," because Scott's a great leader, right? Like you know, sure. Like that was that was part of it. Whereas when I'm owning my own business, there's yeah. a lot of things that come alongside with that, right? Where it's like I would much rather work under someone than have people work for me. Yes, like that's, yeah, that's, that's and I'm the opposite. I'd rather be like bleeding it out, right? But that's just me. But I would, I would say by default, I mean, maybe our wives can speak into that a little bit. But I, I would say I'm more of a Robin than a Batman. Well, I've been claiming to be Batman since I was three years old, and I have home videos proving that. So and now I'm, that our I'm, voices are both shot, we can actually say, "I'm Batman." Listen, I may not be the podcaster actually that you want, but I'm the one that you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know who you are. Who's that? actually? I, I. I guess seeing who the new Batman is, I guess I could be a Batman too because oh, he's Edward no. from Twilight. I, I, wait, but have you seen that Batman movie? I have not. Is it good? It's pretty dark. Is it good. really good? I was totally against I have, it. I have avoided it because of the main I was totally lead. against Robert Patterson. I'm like, you can't have a and then sparkly I it. vampire so, be Batman. So Robert Patterson, when he's in, as, as Batman, is phenomenal. As Bruce Wayne, he blows. Like if he was Christian Bale, like Christian Bale was a great Bruce Christian Wayne. Br- oh, he was a great Bruce Wayne. He was a great Bruce Wayne, and his Batman eh, was good, but it wasn't was the right. I thought he was okay. And then Ben Affleck was a great Bruce Wayne and Batman as an older Batman. And then Michael Keaton's just my. If you had to ask me who my favorite Batman is, it's always going to be Michael Keaton. And a lot of people say Adam West, but I'm just like, ah, I never. I liked Adam West, but it was more like funny Batman. Like, hey, I'm the nerd. I'm the clown Batman. <laughs> nerd. What do you mean, nerd? Oh, because I know all nerd. the people that play Batman. Uh huh. <laughs> well, George Clooney was obviously the worst with his nipple suit, so I can't. I mean, <laughs> what people that know and have seen the? I think it was uh, Iyk Iyk. Batman you know, you Forever, know. Batman Forever, I believe, wow. and it was had Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, uh, Mister Freeze, and it had George Clooney and Matt O'Donnell as Batman and Robin, and. They changed the suit. It was the only movie they changed the suit for, and they put nipples on the Robin and Batman suit, and it was the worst movie ever, just of all times. It was the worst microphone. Was that bad? Yeah, it was that bad. Well, now I know. 
No, I know. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> well, dude, we are, still, we are still rocking that Hawaiian coffee we were drinking last episode. Well, which, well you I, finished yours and then left it upstairs. I finished mine, and then my tummy's a little upset, so I was like, all right, I'm going to drink some uh, some aha. Yeah, so your so tummy's upset, so you're going to put some... I'm going like, to I'm gonna do some sparkling water to kind of give a little fizz to it, like Alka-Seltzer's. No, oh, that's fair. See? That's fair. But I'm still drinking that Hawaiian stuff that uh, Jeremy. Jeremy sent us, right? No. No, not Jeremy. Jim Ol. Jim. Jim. I was thinking Jeremy. Jim. Jim Ol, the Kona coffee. This stuff the Kona is so Peabody. good. This stuff is so good. It is good. I am beyond thankful that and we got some you of got this. a whole bag to yourself, my my friend. Yes, sir. You, well, not to myself. Beth will pound it with me. Well, yeah, but. So it's not I really mean, to for the hide myself. House. To, to the, the hide house. house. To <laughs> Quick, the hide house. Bye, man. To the hide house. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we jump into this conversation, we got one more review for us to read. And I'm going to make you read this one because I'm about to do a lot of talking, I think. Sure. Okay. So Gregory Mora, uh, May 9th, 2022, five-star review says, favorite Christian podcast. I've been listening to RTC for about nine months already, and I love it. It has helped my spiritual growth in so many ways. I know this podcast will grow much more and reach so many people. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Well, Gregory, thank you, sir. Is it Gregory or Gregorio? Gregorio. Gregorio, Gregorio, whatever the Greg. You know, I'm actually curious. So if you guys are listening right now and you're able to go over to their Facebook group, let us know how long you've been listening to this show because I want to see if there's any true, like, OG, like, like, true OGO. G like original well, in there. There are. There's Nicole Pebbles. Which okay, so so Nicole though, that was hilarious when she was like, Yeah, I've I've known the show since before it was a show because I had to listen to this crap in small group. And it's like, Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where it all stemmed from. So and then she did the original intro. Oh no, the original outro. Original outro. And, and then Janiel we Neil did the original intro. Yeah, and then we killed though just by the nature of how we ended the shows. Yeah. Because they both repeated all the same things that yeah. we already have right. said. And we're like, why are, why are we doing both? But Double dip. Yeah. Yep. Every once in a while, you, I go back to the throwbacks. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so. nice. It's real nice. But, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. So, but, so, side note, if you do leave us a review and we read it on air, let us know so we can get a mini swag bag out to you. And what's in the mini swag bag? So, the mini swag bag consists of a Josh, <laughs> a jaw, a drawstring. A Josh Turner CD? A, a drawstring backpack with the it's blue with the rtc logo on it a it's pretty pin, sweet too a pin a magnet a sticker and a business card oh you've been up in the game a little bit so that's where we at right but now. you just ordered more pins too did you I, I'm, I'm out of pins right now so i was like i gotta order some more and then they were throwing that they had the pin special this, and i'm like all special? right time to get them sticker mule man they, yep. they 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 know how to get our money yep they sure do <laughs> Dang so it. if you leave us a review and we read it on air, send us a message with your contact information so we can get it out to you guys. Right. Sounds good? Sounds good. Let's awesome. dive in. So today's conversation, we're talking about age and leadership and more so around the idea of how how young can someone be or if there is such a thing as too young of a leader in church. And this was actually a conversation that we have had on our list since before the show began. Yes. Because there was one time where this was one of our conversations this we actually a Starbucks. had in Starbucks. This was a Starbucks conversation. Right. And we kind of ended up on a little bit. Slightly a, different. Slightly and different. that's why so, I wanted yeah. to bring it back because I was reading through our list because the other day I'm like, you know what? We have this list of questions that you guys have asked, sure. questions that we've had since At, the beginning. And we've been trying to get through it, right? We were off track of it for a while, and I think we've both been, gone back to yep. it now. Even next week's episode's coming off that list. Yep. So... And, and but also we want to make sure we get modern questions, not modern, sure. but re- more recent questions from people that are listening and engaging with the show. But this was one of those questions where you and I were having that conversation primarily around the age of youth pastors, mm. around the age of young pastors just coming out of seminary. 
the age and of lead we, pastor, age of lead pastor in general. Um, and have we have we done messed up? You know, you done messed up, AA Ron, in terms of setting up for failure. That's kind of where that conversation. Did you just led. throw a, a, a keel and peel quote uh-huh. at me of uh-huh. AA Ron? You done messed up, AA Ron? <laughs> Samothy, where you at? Present. That was my favorite because it's Timothy. I'm like, hey, that's me. Hey, hey, Rod. Hey, hey, Ron. Um, you mean Aaron? No. Yo, J- yo, Jake Quellen. Jake Quellen, where you at? Jake Quellen. Sorry. Anyway, side That's him. such a great skit where they do say words that I don't say on the podcast. Yes. But anyway, but, you know, there's a lot of this conversation around the fact of do we set up church potential future leaders or leaders in general for failure because of how young that they actually are. Mm. Like I know that we had this conversation primarily around youth group. And this was kind of a bigger conversation that you and I were having around the fact of should churches even have student ministries or youth group or what's the purpose of a student ministry. Right. And if we put in a 22 year old hotshot into the student ministry, is that just going to cause, especially like, you know, if we throw a single 21, 22 one in there with a bunch of mm-hmm. 18, 19 year old seniors, mm-hmm. like, is that going to cause issues with mm-hmm. things? Is it going to cause issues with, you know, uh, just even how to run a ministry? Cause there's so many times where the youth pastor is generally right out of Bible college and they're thrown into that position because, oh, he can relate better to the youth. But there's so many times where the fact of, you know, the youth pastor is not able to relate to parents. They don't know how to handle administrative different tasks mm-hmm. or how to handle problems Just or, 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 you know, even now, like with, um, all the issues we're having with kids with, you know, if someone comes and says, Oh, I'm, I'm cutting or I'm dealing with this. How do you appropriately respond just, to those? Just an experience with dealing with those types of situations. Yeah, definitely. And, and so I was like, okay, so let's see what the Bible actually has to say about it. Cause you, you and I definitely, we, we disagreed on some certain aspects. Yeah. Not all the, but that was the overall picture. That was I like think three we agreed. years ago, bro. Yeah. Something like, that. well, so that, it was summer of 2019. Yeah, so three years ago. Yep. So it'd be kind of cool to revisit this conversation. Let's so, go. So here's kind of the, the, the flow that we're going to have for today, all right? And and I got a lot of my information from two primary sources. I could have brought in a lot more, but it's simpler for show notes just to have a couple. Um, but kind of what the flow is going to be is, is we're first going to look at from the Bible, not from what we have in the modern church right now. Because we can say, oh, this is what the modern church has. Let's back it up to see if we can find a, a good scriptural foundation for this conversation. Right. So. Uh, we're going to start with the Bible and go, okay, so who were the set-aside leaders for the church? And then after that, we'll see what their role is. And then did we get that role in the New Testament from somewhere else? Did Paul just make it up on his own? And mm. then we'll have some conversations coming out of that. Sounds good. Sounds let's, good. Let's roll. All right. So the first question is, is, who are the leaders in the church? In the Bible, we actually see three different terms for those who are called to be the leaders of the church not related to deacons because deacons were called out from among them to serve the people. But the actual leaders of the church, there were three different titles that we see in the New Testament for that position, whether in Acts or in the first Timothy or in Titus, I didn't bring in all the, there was a lot of different scriptures. Mm -hmm. So it's more just a simple, simple thing to say. Just there's three primary terms. The first one is an overseer and it's also slash bishop. Mm-hmm. All right, so so an overseer bishop, which uh, just an overseer, like you, right. you provide the oversight. The second one is elder, and the third one is pastor. So whenever you see the the leaders of the church in the New Testament, they all come back to pretty much like the same Greek word. Sure. It's just we translate it differently based on the the, the role that we see in the, the bigger narrative of that part of sure. the scripture. But we generally see, uh, and I'll just stick to the overseer, elder, and pastor. Like those are the primary right. three roles that we see in scripture. And this is a, a fun fact for you. Out of all the times we see this specific Greek word or, or, or similar Greek word for what the leader of the church is, 
the word pastor is only translated as pastor three times hmm. in the New Testament, and one of those is actually a verb in Acts 20, 28, and the fact of not just it's who you are, but You're it's to pastor, they're actually right, doing. Yeah. You are called to pastor. Right. What does it mean to pastor? Sure. So right off the bat, when we see, okay, so who are the who are the leaders in the church? It was overseer, elder, pastor. Sure. And, oh, I have a cough. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, got to beat myself. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of conversation and argument around the terms of should we use the term pastor? It can, can elder and pastor be separated because there's some churches that will have, e- even in the complementarian view versus egalitarian, egalitarian is mm-hmm. men or women could be pastor, elder, leader, overseers in a church. Sure. Complementarian is the fact of no, only men can be elders, sure. but women can hold the title of pastor because it's more of what you do more than the title that's actually given you. I don't want to get into the weeds of that too much because that's not what this conversation's about. That's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. This is just simply more the fact of this is who the set-aside leaders are for the church. And the primary term that we see is actually elder. So the term elder is the one that's actually seen the most in the New Testament. So then the question would then be is, okay, so what is the role of an elder, right? Or what is the role of an overseer, bishop, pastor? I got this um, quote from an article in DesiringGod.com of just, you know, I simply searched what's the role of an elder, and this is what this is what it brought up. Mm-hmm. So it says, according to the New Testament, this again, this is a direct quote, according to the New Testament, elders are responsible for the primary leadership and oversight, there's the overseer, of a church. The function and role of an elder is well summarized by Alexander Strzok in his book, Biblical Eldership. Elders lead the church, 1 Timothy 5.7, Titus 1.7, 1 Peter 5. Um, so elders lead the church, they teach and preach the word, they protect the church from false teachers, they extort and admonish the saints in sound doctrine, and they visit the sick and pray, and judge doctrinal issues. Now, in that quote, though, the one that we're reading, there's a ton of different scripture references there, but I don't mm-hmm. want to break up the, th- the, the, the flow of thought. So again, elders lead the church, they teach and preach the word, they protect the church from false teachers, they extort and admonish the saints and sound doctrine, they visit the sick and pray, and they judge doctrinal issues or mm-hmm. doctrinal issues. In biblical terminology, elders shepherd, they oversee, they lead, and they care for the local church. So the people that were set apart by, you know, the Apostle Paul, you know, he even set up some elders in churches like Titus and mm-hmm. Timothy. Um, sometimes they kind of just rose among the reins, but the simple role of an elder is to literally just shepherd, protect, guide, and teach the church. Now, would you agree with that definition right off the bat, or is there anything you think you would want to add or, well, I or, know or step into that? In 1 Timothy 5.17, okay. the definition, well, the way they translate that Greek word is elder, but it could also be translated as old man, which shows some seniority. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get right. to that. So we're going to that, get to that's that. That's the only thing I would add to that is that there is that aspect of the definition in the translation, right? Yep, that, yep. That, that's what it also could be translated as. And, and so let's lean into that scripturally. So where did the term elder come from? This is continuing on in that exact same article. Because right. he goes, okay, so this is what the elders, okay, so where do we even get this term from? Um, again, uh, this is actually, I'm sorry, this is from a different elder, uh, for different from a different article from, again, Desiring God, though. And it says, as it may sound today, quote, unquote, elders was not a foreign term in ancient Israel and beyond. At least since the days of Moses and even before the exodus from Egypt, Israel had recognized elders. And we also see that because when when Moses went to the Israelites and said, hey, this is what we're going to do, who did he go speak to? Right. He spoke to the elders of Israel. Who he, they put in place 
as judges over Israel because he couldn't do it himself. Uh, correct. As, as it went on, because that's his father-in-law gave him that. That's right, not a piece exactly. of advice. Um, interesting enough, we also see that Egypt also have elders coming out of the, the, the Joseph story, the Joseph narrative. So did Midian and Moab, Gibeon, Gebel, and all, not all, but the other surrounding nations. So even in Old Testament time, there has always been elders in the, the, the community. Like that's just who was the, the main people in the community. Right. In Hebrew, the word elder, which is Zachwen, I can't even do the phlegm, but the, 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 the Yeah. Um, that sounds more like Italian or French. Oh, Zachwen. <laughs> Zachwen. You made me cough. Zachwen. So in Hebrew, though, the word elder comes from the word beard, which I thought was fascinating. So the term elder, if you look at the the, the way it's actually the, the, the same word, basically, is right. the term elder comes from the word beard. Mm-hmm. Elders, as one might expect, were not young men, but those old enough in general to have a full beard. Sorry, bro. You're never going to be an elder. No, I do, though. I just shave. <laughs> you got patchiness. No, I don't. I, I got hey, a full beard. Don't just, worry. I'm going to tell the same thing to Sochet, too. I, don't want, that, that, that's, I knew you were going to say that, actually. But I just don't want to look like uh, 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 Keith Green right now with my afro and my beard. Or or I don't want to actually look like Bob Ross. Um, I'm going to mention it to Scott, too. <laughs> I feel like, hey, you got a beard. You can't be an elder. You, you got to grow a beard, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Says so in the Bible. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it continues on, though. It says, having a full beard is not the same as having a gray beard. Right. In the sense, elder was an approximate term in Israel, not strictly linked to a particular age, though a case may be made for 30 as the minimum in Israel. Cornelius Van Dam says... Uh, my apologies. Uh, we're Excuse getting bleeped for that one. <laughs> uh, Cornelius Van Dam says, <laughs> uh, says, we get, and then quote, the impression that the age of 30 was the minimum. However, scripture gives no specifically prescribed age for the office of elder. Sure. Van Dam mentions office, which is important. The elders of Israel were not simply all the older men of Israel, but they were officially recognized authority figures, whether appointed formally by providence or chosen by the people. And we see this in Deuteronomy 1, uh, 13 through 16. So when we, when we, you know, just pause right there and think, okay, so there's a role in the church of elder, right? Right. And so we need to call elders from, um, like even the apostle Paul, he said, you know, set up for yourselves elders among the church and the elder of the church are supposed to protect, provide, teach, and care for the, and actually make sure that church is actually okay. Right. We get the idea of the fact of like, okay, elder seems weird now, but in ancient Israel times, elder was a very sacred role. Sure. It was a sacred role. It was the old people that literally, they, they've been around a long time. They know what's up and they care for the people. It was actually an authoritative term. And that's specifically where is where that term comes out, you know? And then, so we can start having the conversation right there of just like, okay, so if elder in Israel, which, you know, we can refer to as old, does that mean that they have to be old in modern context too? But don't get to it yet. We're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> I, got, I, I got a follow-up question before okay. we discuss. All this is just the preface for the discussion, all right? So the last question is, what did the is? Oops, I just spilled my coffee all over my shorts, so it looked like I peed myself. He peed himself. My bad. It's a little warm, too, so it's kind of weird. Um, but follow-up question then, though, is, okay, so what do the elders do in Israel, and is it different? Because if it's actually different... Well, then the Apostle Paul could be referred to something else, you know? Mm -hmm. So, in the same article, continue on, of how old elders should be from DesiringGod.org. Again, all the links will be in the show notes. It says this. Jim Hamilton adds that the elders of Israel were responsible for the, quote, the regulation of society at large, 
judging cases, and enforcing the law. They exercise their leadership and office in particular through providing wisdom and counsel and rendering judgments on disputes. So literally the elders of Israel were kind of the, uh, for, for lack of a better word, like the dad. Sure. I, I guess it'd be the, the, the way to do it or to make sure society functioned the way that needed to function. So they served as, as judge and jury. They served as the wisdom and the counsel and the, the advisors, which we see in the new Testament later where the Paul says, right. you know, the older should teach the younger. And then the, the younger should teach the even more younger, which we see that all the time in, in today's culture. We wouldn't call that being an elder. We would call that being a mentor and having mentors, sure. you know, and they, they talk about that in business all the time where it's like, you know, if you want to take that next step in business, find someone who's, already done what you have done has proven it and then learn from them. So I have people that I listen to on podcasts or, um, uh, courses that I have bought right. where they have walked the journey that I am currently walking as a freelance web designer to know, okay, if they could do it, I can just follow them along too. And they can show me the ropes and maybe save me some heartache and some, some, some struggles along the way Sure. in order to actually turn this into a viable business. So in the same way that they would think of a elder, we think of a mentor, except for the fact of the mentor is also kind of more of an apprentice master role where you have to learn from the master too. So it's not just simply a mentor. You can take their advice or leave it. Right. It's literally, no, as the apprentice, you got to, you got to fall in line. Right. Keep going. Cause I'm, I'm trying to, I'm yeah, no, you're, I'm, you're I'm good. Look, so, I'm looking at some so, things. So, so here's the question then. So when we bring it all together, then how should we view the role of the elder in today's church? And do we set up our elders incorrectly here in the church and do we not use our elders the way that they should, the way that we should in the church? Hmm. And discuss. Wow, that's a that's a lot to unpack. It is. Um, it really is. You know, there's a couple schools of thought here, right? So, so First Peter. I'm just going to read First Peter five a little bit. One one through. No, five. you're you're not allowed to read the Bible on a Christian podcast. Yeah. So I'm, I'm again. I'm just going to read this Bible. <laughs> I love. It. Did you know that there's a Christian school that's mad about the teachers of holding biblical worldviews and teaching the Bible things, mm. teaching the Bible, teaching biblical things? No. Yeah, that was a fascinating read. Okay. Recently. So All I just right, want to read First Peter one through or five one through five. Okay. So this is this is obviously Peter giving his thoughts on elders, right? Yeah. About the elders. Uh, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the suffering of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed or, or for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those who entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfaded crown of glory in the same way you are who are younger, be subject to the elders. All of uh, all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God resists, resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I want to unpack that. Yeah, break it down, homie. Break it down. A little bit. Also, so, side note, I just opened up the peach. Aha, this is really yummy. I told you it was. This is really yummy. So Go for it. there's a couple things, right? And being an elder, and I know we got a lot. Are we just, we're just dealing with elder, pastoral. We're put, putting that all into one kind of category. I know you had broken it out into three, but we've really been hitting. Oh, no, no, I mean, it's all the same thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, as an elder, uh, we see a couple things that Peter is telling them about elders, right? You got to shepherd God's flock, not overseeing out of compulsion, compulsion, but willingly, um, not having a greed for money, uh, uh, or not out of greed for money, but eagerly, 
not lording it over those entrusted to you, so not being haughty or prideful about your position. Mm, okay. Um, being examples to the flock. It's a big one. Um, and then it talks about when the chief shepherds or when the chief shepherd appears. This is where we get the term under shepherd from, right? They're the under shepherd yep, of Christ. They're under shepherds, yep. Uh, you will receive unfa- unfaded crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, right? And we just, you you, deter- you're, you defined all that mm-hmm. for us. Um, a couple things I want to hit on, though, is one, you could be an old man and be new in the faith and can't be leading by example. Right, because it even says that if you're new in the faith, like you can't be an, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be, be an elder. Le- right, you shouldn't be in leadership, right? Right. So, uh, again, like you said, it's about age, but it's not about age, right? So there is age, right? Because with age comes wisdom and experience. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about age because if it was just about age, then if you got saved at 50, you would be like, oh, I could be an elder in the church now. And it's like, well, well, well hang right. on a But sec. think about that. Like the Israelites elders, like if you grew up an Israelite, you sure. studied the Torah, you knew the law, sure. you, you knew the ways of Israel. Well, of course, if you're just an older Israelite, you know the way. But, right. but you that, know, they still had to use discretion on which, you know. But translating it into this they, time, they right? Did, there's, right? Some, there's some regulations associated with it, right? No, I agree. So you're kidding. If you're getting into pastoral or eldership or whatever for the money, it says no. Peter says, no, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're doing it so you can have a position and a title to say, hey, look at me, I got this title and position, no, you shouldn't be there. Which I'll be honest with that, that was that was something I struggled with, mm. you know, because I, I wanted well, the title. It's easy, especially with Americans. Uh, I would I would so highly struggle with that, right? Because pri- I have I have an issue with pride, mm-hmm. and pride wells up in me. So I, <laughs> I don't, I can't empathize with you, but I sympathize in that aspect because I was never in that role. But I sympathize but, but with you, it. You know it. You it's, it's kind of the same as as having the just the title before or number uh, uh, letters after your name. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So I get it. It's, yeah. it's uh, look at me and uh, what I've achieved. And here. I will say, when I stepped out of the pastoral role, it took me a long time to disconnect that with my complete identity. But yeah. You know? Right. Well, and and so the other thing is is the being examples to the flock, right? Being examples. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What example do the elders need to set? Well. If we go, oh, I got to pull it up here. See, this is what happens when I don't come in all ready to rock and roll. Uh, what passage are you looking up, Timothy? Titus. Titus, uh, Titus 2, I think, is what you're looking for? I think so, of what it is. See, if my father-in-law were here, he pretty much has Titus memorized, so he'd be like, oh, it's, this is what it says. Uh, Hi, Dad, I know you listen. Might be Titus 1.9. Hi, Dad, I know you listen. Because that, you know, Titus 1.9 talks about extorting and admonishing the saints in sound doctrine. That's coming from Titus 1.9. You know what? Titus one seven. I was going to do this in the in the CSB, but I'm actually going to just pull up in my Bible Hub because it'll be quicker, and I can actually find what I want. But anyway, so being an example is a huge thing, right? You, you can't just be anybody, and, uh, and and in order to be an example, you have to be someone worth following, right? Uh, so uh, one six, an elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife, having children who are believers, and who are not open to accusations of indiscretion or insubordination. As God's steward, right, because you're nobody, you're just a steward, an overseer must be above reproach, not self-absorbed, not self-absorbed, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not greedy for money. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny that Paul and Peter are on the same page with some of this stuff. Yep. Uh, instead, he must be hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, 
holy, and disciplined. Mm. He must hold firmly to the faithful words as it was taught so that he can encourage others by sound teaching and refute those who contradict, which is one of the points that you right. made in here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that goes on to Titus continues on to talk about false teachers and how to, how to handle them, uh, teaching sound doctrine. Uh, God's grace brings salvation. Uh, heirs of grace avoid divisions and final remarks and greetings. So I, you know, my father-in-law has always been big into read Titus, read, be, be a Titus man, be a Titus man. Right. Okay. And, and there's a huge, huge push in the world to not be a Titus man, right. To be a lover of money, to ne- not be hospitable, mm-hmm. you know, keep to yourself, right. Uh, Hey, go make as much money as you can. Because you got to support your family, right? Well, you got to have all this money in order to do that because you got to do vacations and you got to do all this stuff to make sure they have a good life. That's the American dream right there, which is the opposite of what a Titus man is supposed to be. Right. And so I think that going back to the eldership, right, we have to understand in our thought process, and this ties back into can a new believer be an elder? I do not believe so, right? And the same reason why I don't believe that a a young person young meaning 13 to 25 i'm just throwing arbitrary numbers out there they haven't had enough life experience one and even if they've grown up in church utilizing the faith and making the faith their own probably has just begun starting right typically that doesn't start until youth group or college when you're like really tested right and i look at a lot of your college kids that have gone off and, and the tests that they've been through yeah a right? lot of them they, they start getting tested i'd say probably around sophomore junior year sure. of high school and then but, even but more once you're away that. from the solid foundation of the family going to church every right Sunday, from, from from the, the the security and safety of growing up in a christian home when you have to start making the decisions to follow god yep rather than being told you're going to go to church with us on sunday and follow god that's where the rubber meets the road and that's where the testing starts so that's why i say Yes, it's good doctrine, just like Torah believers, right? So, so think of uh, the twelve disciples under Jesus, right? They were okay. they were probably not teenagers. Oh no, they weren't old men. Well, actually, when they went into the temple and they paid the temple tax, only Peter paid the temple tax. Well, so there's some discussion, right? But but they were young. Did he pay the temple tax because he was the leader of the of the group, right? The overseer of the disciples and a he was given that that role of, um, hey, you're going to handle this by yeah. Jesus. I mean, I that, that's, that's, that's something you can much. debate, yeah. right? But anyways, uh, but even after, they, they grew up in Torah school, right? Every Jewish boy was was yep. made to go through Torah school, and the bright future Torah readers. And the best and the brightest moved on moved to Moved on next. to be a rabbi or a set. Well, you know, they were selected by a rabbi to be a right, disciple. To continue and, to be t- the teaching, right? And Christ yep. took these guys, these Torah guys, right, that had grown up, what we would call growing up in church, Literally. And said, hey, now you can be my disciple and let me teach you. And Christ took three years to teach him as a mm-hmm. perfect God. <laughs> so and one of them still killed him. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, th- there's something to be said about, yes, you're out on your own, right? You're making decisions, but you are still, you still need to be trained, right? There's still some training that happens. Um, and that's part of that maturity of coming up to Christ. Now, again, going back to leadership. Um, I think that that discipleship from the elder to like, oh, we've talked about it, right? When I said like in our, in Southside, I was like, man, it'd be really nice to have like junior elders, right? So you got the elders 
And if you had like junior elders that didn't necessarily sit in on all the meetings, but started learning from the elders, right? Training up that next generation. Um, I think that would be awesome. Uh, well, now we don't have that. And I don't know if, I don't know of any There's church. There's a fly crawling it's, around. Or it's uh, yeah. So, but I, uh, uh, Rodney Buse, Rodney's church is, does that. Cause Tim yeah. was, Tim was like a deacon in training. I think the for a little fabulous bit, right? Tim Parsons, the fabulous Tim Parsons, the wonderful Tim Parsons, whatever you want to call I think him. he was like a, he was a deacon, but he was kind of like an elder in training where he was being discipled, which I don't know if Rodney was his right. one-on-one disciple or sure, but it's more of, we're going to teach you and, and you're going to come along the ropes and learn. Was it, what does it mean to care well, for the we church? We see that in t- from Timothy. We see that from Titus. We see these guys before they were sent out. They did training. Right, they were trained, and then Paul still gave them. Hey, here's the last bit of instruction. Right, I'm going to send you up, but here's your last final marching orders. Right mm-hmm. here, and still send them out with instruction. Um, My father taught me something. He said, "You have to decide in life whether your ultimate goal is to be successful or significant. And what makes you significant in terms of the gospel is very different from what society sees as successful, because significance for a nation or individual all goes back." In as much as you did <laughs> for the least of these. On In Good Faith, we hear stories from believers told in their own words. Find it wherever you get your podcasts or on the BYU Radio app. But there was training that took place. And so I think being at a certain age, there's training that needs to be taken place. And this is where you and I discussed it Right. Years so, ago. so how do we handle that? Because I'm thinking of like the modern church. Because sure. a lot of times... I mean, even from my experience, like I went to Bible college, I graduated sure. from like with a, I have a degree in religion, like, and that was my undergrad. Sure. And out of that, you know, I became a youth pastor. I, technically I was not a youth pastor. I did not have the title pastor. Right. I had the title of just youth minister because I ministered to the youth. Sure. And that's how our church handled it in sure. terms of like, he's just a youth minister, not just, but my role was to teach the teenagers. Now I still had, you know, Scott, and then I had, had oversight, and then I had Prout over me. I sure. also, I, I would even say Aaron Fairchild. Yeah. I had him making sure because there'd be times like I would, I never did anything bad, but like, 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 um, like I remember one time, like I showed like a pentatonics video during our Christmas party because like you know they got the best like pentatonics sure. Christmas, great hands Christmas down, album. greatest. Mm, but what he, Michael Bublé, Michael Bubble, the bubble is the the greatest. But anyway. Weezer, <laughs> no Weezer's no. Christmas. But but anyway, you're, but you're, but you know, I, I played that video because it was a really cool like segue into what we were going to be talking sure. about. Um, and he's like, you know, I I know why you did it, but I just want to encourage you in this regard, kind of like when when you come up to someone in the fact of like because pentatonics actively a lot of their lifestyles goes against everything to do with Christianity. Right. So by us promoting pentatonics, are we saying we agree? And he goes, he goes, I'm leaving that decision completely up to you. I'm just letting you know what I see as an older dad of kids also in this youth group. Right. He more than he realized the older teaching the younger, he was that for me. Aaron, Aaron Fairchild, man, we would have lunch. We would do things where even though I was the quote unquote, I'll just say youth pastor because it's easiest. Even though I was the youth pastor, he was just a lay, like a lay member in the church, sure. who who literally was kind of like a guiding arm with what I was doing in the student ministry. Yeah. But you know, I still had to answer to Scott. I still had to answer to Prout. I still had to answer to the leadership team. Sure. I was not a part of the leadership team at all. Right. So with that though, now I, I will say like there are certain people that are more mature than others, and I watched a lot of other youth pastors completely screw up. So I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. Right. So, but is there something where where we talk about like the older teaching the younger? Can someone who graduated, went to Bible college, step into that youth ministry role 
and and come alongside and teach these kids because you know the teenagers specifically especially junior hires and i would say freshmen they walked that journey and theoretically they should be able to walk alongside that journey with them as well yeah and i think this is where the rubber starts to meet the road where it's like because you and i can argue about is there a difference between an elder and just a church staff member i think sure. that's where we need to start making the separation sure. now sure of you know as an elder an elder also, obviously, like, you know, Scott's the pastor and, you know, at right. the church I go to, Michael is the pastor. Like, right. they are, they're, they're the pastor, elder, sure. overseer of of the of that specific local church. However, there's also other church staff members. So, like, in today's church culture, how do we make that separation and should we make that separation? And I think this is where you and I, this is where our differences start to show up a little bit. Sure. So, uh, you know, speaking to the, the, you're coming right out of seminary and coming in, right? That, uh, that, yeah, that and normally when you come out of seminary, like Scott was 28 when he came out of seminary. Sure. Which he was an older, older sure. come out of seminary for sure. straight in. So here's the... Here's, I was a youth pastor while I was in seminary. Here's part of the danger, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you the, the pros and cons, I guess. Okay. We'll do pros and cons. So pros, obviously, like you said, um, you're you're closer to age, so you understand the life experiences that they're walking through, right? So that's a, that's a huge pro, right? Because part of discipleship is not just teaching, but understanding where they're at and, and walking through life with them. Um, so I think that that could be a huge benefit. Um, I also think you have an energy level when you're younger to dealing with the energy levels to match the energy levels of youth. Man, right? I wish I still had my energy when I was 24. Let's just say <laughs> these fat old guys like me, we ain't got that type of energy anymore. Um, now the, the cons I see, right? So coming straight out of, out of, uh, out of seminary, right? Mm-hmm. You have training, right? But you lack life experience. So you have knowledge, but no wisdom, right? Knowledge is you know things. Wisdom is you know how to apply things. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference there. And so I'm not saying, oh, no, no young person c- should be in that role. I'm saying there's, there's some careful consideration that needs to be taken, right? You don't have life experience. So I would say if you're going to have somebody do that, right, I would put some sort of elder in there with them right to help them not to it's not a hindrance and that's what and it's not a controlling yeah young people have to i think from my experience right i I went to bible college i I saw these guys coming out of seminary and all this and they were like i just want to go and have my own church and do this and that and it's like okay yes but you got to be careful because you have a role that's one you're more accountable to god for what you say and do and you have so much sway with that minister pastoral title eldership title that you can seriously damage and hurt people and we've seen that happen a lot and so having somebody that has life experience and having that wisdom i think is a wise idea right so is it kind of like um the sit who was the young king was it king josiah Mm -hmm. right when he was like became king at like what like seven or yeah yeah, six seven but he was a good ruler because he had an elder of israel who feared who feared yahweh right who guided him and directed him along and that's what it is it's it's they don't have to overstep right they don't have to take control they they only step in and do things when there's bad teaching happening right but Mm -hmm. they let everything go and then they it's kind of like uh okay now let's talk about the the good things you did and maybe some things that could be done better not that you did it wrong but could be done better and you don't have that that whole back and forth that that training aspect right yeah you got the knowledge but you don't have the experience it's like i could read a book as a 15-year-old on how to drive a car, but I don't know how to drive a car because I have no experience, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we have to drive a car and have so many hours before we can get a license because you have to have some experience. And even with that little bit of experience, 
you get in an emergency situation, sometimes you don't know how to react because you've never experienced that before, right? And so that's where it's nice to have somebody to fall back yeah. on. And, and I'll say that's been really nice with my personal experience because when I went to Northland, the, the, the MO of that school literally was, is you're not preparing for ministry, you're in ministry, so get off your butt and go serve. Right. So I served under a pastor of a church of 40 people, backwoods, Escanaba, no one will know this man's name when he dies. Right. Except for every life he's ever touched. And right. there's a lot of them. But he's never going to be this famous guy. He's he literally is. When I read the 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 role of an elder and a, a role of a pastor and the heart of a pastor, man, Pastor Kelsey's got it. He mm -hmm. is one of the most amazing men of God that that I've ever met. Right. But he also viewed us as teen as as college kids of we're going to show you how to minister to these teens. So sure. so they literally brought it wasn't one of those like oh just go go hang out in the kids ministry. He was like no 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 let's let's teach you how to do it. We're going to give you guys some teaching opportunities sure. and some. Some prayer, they call it's, them like prayer captains. It's like, a, it's and, like driver's ed. Exactly, that's what it felt like. And then I was blessed, though, with having a year-long internship my last year of college. Mm -hmm. So my last year of college, I was, you know, my senior year, I was doing, you know, senior year classes, but I also interned at a church. But I, I was the children's intern. However, I actually had someone that I answered to Sure. Every single day. Sure. And um, Cindy was a director of women's and children's ministry. And so it wasn't like I was out there flying solo. Sure. I had, from the outside appearance, it looked like I ran the show. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I only ran the th show through Cindy's power yeah. and through Cindy's authority. And we would touch base and she would help me find leaders and she would be like, all right, so here, here are some things that I noticed about your teaching. Let's try to change this a little bit so it's more applicable for these kids sure. rather than like a sixth grader. Let's focus on the second grader here. Sure. And so I was guided a lot, and I also served in served in the student ministry. So I saw how that youth pastor did things as sure. well. So by the time I stepped in at Southside, I felt like I went through boot camp, right? You know, and, and but Scott also brought me under his wing. I didn't have free so brain to do everything. Even in boot camp, though, you don't send a brand new platoon out to fight uh, a battle that they're not prepared for, unless they're cannon fodder and just expendable, right? Right. It's bad. It's a bad decision. Unless you have to let like Mulan, we and have they'll to make a man out of you. <laughs> So the way I kind of, I want to re revisit the whole Torah school thing, right? Okay. So Torah school is really more like a seminary class. It's a, it's a early childhood on seminary because they're le learning the ins and outs and they could memor they memorized the Torah, yep. memorized the Torah, knew all Which the ins and outs. Wild. And you don't memorize even the New Testament fully in seminary school, right? Nope. Uh, depends what seminary you go to, but no, not really. But I'm talking about verse for verse, line for line, word for word. You no. don't memorize. I, I don't know of any seminary that makes you memorize it to that extent. Now, nope. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, right? But so if you if you compare if you compare it that way, right? So you got to figure Titus, maybe even Timothy, maybe went through Torah school, and yet they were still in training under Paul, under Jesus. There was still Paul being he he's got a master's degree being a, a pharisee or a sadducee whichever he was and yet he still had to be taught by well some say jesus some say peter some say you know this on and we're not going to argue that but there was still training that took place and that was after a seminary school right after they knew the scripture now they learned how to because they didn't have the new testament they had some letters but now they learned how to apply the scripture right there's that wisdom aspect and that's where it is like a new pastor straight out of seminary does not know how to, they know mentally how to pastor, but they don't know emotionally how to pastor. And there's a huge difference. And I agree with that. And that's one thing I was thankful for with how I did my seminary was I was part-time, full-time student and part-time 
you know, youth pastor. Sure. And I, I, I've always told people, I feel like I learned more about how to be a pastor, literally following Scott. Right. Because I was Scott's little disciple. I followed sure. him around in meetings. I followed him around in conversations rather than just sit in a classroom and then step out of the classroom and straight teach. But, you know, specifically talking about the elder here, I guess this is kind of where the conversation lies is the fact of, A, do we have our eldership lined up incorrectly mm. at church? Is that the reason why so many churches are having the issues that they are having? And then B, though, how do we handle 1 Timothy 4.12, which is the big passage of, obviously, Timothy was being despised, being an elder, and being young. So it says, let no one, I mean, everyone knows this verse of, don't let anyone despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Sure. So how do we handle those those issues? Well, I, again, I go back to, we don't know the age of Timothy, right? It just says youth. Who was he ministering to? And he was an under-shepherd of the under-shepherd for quite some time before Paul had to write this to Timothy, right? Timothy was already established. He was already overseeing. This wasn't like, hey, Timothy, I know you're sitting right here. Let me write this letter to you. He sent the letter out, right. which means that Timothy was elsewhere. Right, and he was already being despised. Right, so... so he was young. The training had already taken place. Now he's in a position, right? He's in a, some sort of eldership position, which is why Paul says, don't let them despise your youth. Now, what is youth, right? <laughs> they were considered a man at 13, but when we read scriptures, you know, the word... But that was you, not Greek, necessarily. Yeah, well, so, right. But we're dealing with Jewish culture at this time of Timothy. That's a Jewish culture thing. Why not? Because Timothy's Greek. He's half Greek, half Jew. That's true. And Paul He is, wasn't circumcised, though. And, and Paul was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so you might be dealing with the Greeks, but what is considered youth, right? Who knows? Maybe maybe the Greeks he was witnessing, maybe he's, you know, maybe they thought youth was anybody under 50. Yeah. I mean, but, but either way, he was considered young. So, but there was training that took place. And that's, I mean, I think that that's where that ultimately lies is there was experience gained outside of seminary. Um, where a pastor took him under the wing and showed him the ropes, mm-hmm. right? Probably gave him some experience along the way. And there's a lot to say about that, right? It's not somebody just fresh out. It's just, it's to me, it's dangerous to say, hey, you're fresh out of ceremony. Now go, you're a lead pastor at this church because you're not, you're ill-equipped. And it's not your fault. You're just ill-equipped. You, you, you have the knowledge, but not the wisdom. So there's something to say about age, right? I don't know what it's like to have grandkids, but I know what it's like to have kids. So I could speak to people with kids, but I can't speak to people with grandkids. I don't have that experience, right? There's there's some experience that that comes with age. Life experience along with, okay, I, I see this life experience now. Now I know how to apply the scripture to this life experience. Whereas before, I don't understand the life experience, so I don't know how to apply that scripture other than like, uh, here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- this is what it is. And I think that's where like modern day now, we get a lot of people going, oh, these pastors are like, are these churches, these Christians are loony bins because you've got young pastors going straight out of seminary looking at, I, I know the word, but they don't know the word. You know what I mean? They have the knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom. And so they're misapplying scripture. Like you're going to hell, LBGTQ burn to burn. You know, the signs, these, these people out West that are, are doing these protests with their burning signs and of gay people and all this stuff. Like that's misapplication of scripture, right? Cause we're called to love and that does not show love, speak truth, but show love. And, and so I think that's where modern days 
where we see a lot of that, right? It's just a lot of inexperience. So with the modern church right now, is there something that, because like right now, like, I mean, I'm, I'm Southside is the best reference that you and I have. Sure. Right? And we, we do have elders of our church. Sure. And there was a, a long time, and Scott was actually the one that put into play, because he was the solo pastor, and he was it. Like, right. homeboy was like, you know, the buck stopped with him, solo right. pastor, no one else. And he goes, this isn't, this isn't scriptural. We need elders to take care of the church. And, well, and so, it was dangerous for him too. Exactly. And that's why he did it. Right. And so he, he, you know, he started teaching the church and we're like, okay, we need to call elders. So the church called three elders. And, um, I mean, obviously since COVID there's been some stuff. Sure. Um, but those three elders, when I was there as a, as you know, on staff, as the pastor, those, those elders, a lot of times did look out for me. Right. And I, I, I like the way they do that, but I also kind of have this sense of, you know, when we elect these lay elders to these positions, there's a lot of other people that we would see in the church where I'm like, like Alan Pogue, for example, right? Like, sure. like the dude would, he, <laughs> he would fill the pulpit all the time. And the last time he filled the pulpit, he ended up, uh, he passed out yep. and had to yep. go to the hospital right. during the, after first service and he right. didn't make it a second service. And, and honestly, he didn't live much longer after that. Right. But I look at him and I'm like, well, why, why weren't you an elder? And you look at all these other people in the church that were in their eighties and it's like, they have lived a long life. And I didn't even know some of their stories until I started sitting down with them at lunch and asking, what's your story and sure. what were you involved with? And there's so many people that are in the church right now where they get to a certain age and it's like, should an older age, not like 50 yeah, or sure. 40 or whatever. And I look at those older people and I'm like, shouldn't you guys be pouring into to the younger folks somehow, some way. Are they equipped? But then the question is, is how do we appoint those elders into the church? This, this is where we lack discipleship. This is where we've taken Sunday service and we leave it there. And that's that's where I was that's where I was starting to go yeah. with the fact of a lot of times with churches, and this is, um, I don't know how much of the, the, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast that All you've listened to. Have you listened to the most recent one, the most recent bonus episode? They just dropped like a week ago or two. No, I didn't know they dropped Yeah, they, they didn't tell anybody unless you subscribed. You know, I, I looked at my phone and went, yeah, I didn't Let's turn go. on the bell notification, but I, I'll listen to it. So listen to this one because what this guy was saying, basically he's uh, the 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 lead singer and he started the band uh, King's Kaleidoscope, right. which I didn't realize was a Mars Hill worship band. Oh, and really? so he explained how the worship band process happens and what Mars Hill was all about. And he said, now thankfully he didn't screw up, but he said normally what Mars Hill did is they took whoever was the youngest, prettiest, and most charismatic person and slapped them on stage. Yeah, And they weren't looking for consistency they weren't looking for wisdom they weren't sure. looking for insight they were looking literally for 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 you know young pretty and hip right is really what it came down to oh they're trying to draw people in exactly and so there's so many times with churches where we want to hire professionals to do the work of the ministry right where it's like we have the pastor and his job is to read study and pray and then and then teach it then you pay the musician the the, the really really good musicians to make sure that they are the professionals they're the only ones allowed on stage to do right. this which granted you 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 got to be able to play your instrument. To, sure. <laughs> you can't have someone who doesn't know how to play piano or does not play it well actually sit down and, and play. Right. Like you have to have a certain level of <laughs> talent and ability. Sure. And skill to go along with it. But there's so many times where we as congregants look at our pastors and go, your job is to serve us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times pastors take that leadership role and say, this is my ship. 
These are this is these are my monkeys. This is my circus, and I'm gonna do whatever I want it to do. Right. Which is that's when you see the issues like Mars Hill and right. Mark Driscoll, and sadly all these other churches that they started these these pastors started rising, and they viewed themselves as a CEO, and it was all about numbers and growth and strategic members or strategic, um, strategic marketing efforts and this that and the other, and your power just grew and grew and grew until literally. You tumbled, and that's why when you look at that First Peter five verse, I, I'm really glad you brought it up because at the end, talking about pastors, it says, "All of you close yourself with humility towards one another, because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble." Right. And there's so many times where that pastoral seat in today's a modern American church culture turns into a very, um, you you can get very power hungry. Sure. With it, because sure. you run the ship. You're the pastor. You're right. the leader. You're the you're you're the head honcho and the boss and and this that and the other. Right. However, the the pastor is supposed to be the first servant. Right. Like he's 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 literally the first servant. He's supposed to serve the sheep. He's supposed to take care of the sheep. Now, obviously, the elders' role. The I feel like we should have plurality of elders to make sure the church is doing what it's supposed to do. Sure. But so many times people want to have that pastor position because of title, authority, power, position, rather than what does it mean to actually serve? Yeah. You know? So I guess, you know, we're at we're at the time that we're at. You like that? Yeah. I didn't call you it didn't, time. You didn't call the time. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> but uh, so I'm going to I'm going to kind of give my final thoughts kind of yeah. land the plane and I'm going to I'm going to give a thought and then I'm going to incorporate your last question that you have on here and my final thoughts on that. And then I'm going to let you take the rest. All right. So we have as a church failed the church in discipleship because the elders should have been teaching, had having disciples and sent the, those disciples out to teach others and teach others. And it goes down. That's the old men teaching the young, the old women teaching the young. And we do not have that church, you know, worldwide. We, we do not have that like we should, which is why we have, we have a Sunday service and, like you said, we want the paid pro- professionals to go up and do all the work, and we just sit back and take a take. And so uh, there's a huge disconnect in what actual discipleship looks like and actually training that takes place. Now, to kind of tie that in with your last question, is there a difference between elders and other church staff? Yes, I believe that there is, right? So I don't believe a secretary is necessarily an elder. They may not be called to that elder, and, and they may just be in a role of, you know, secretary, treasurer, you know, th- those don't al- always have to be a eldership role. Um, but then I, I think that you ha- should have um, junior elders, right? Which is what I would think like if you had a younger worship pastor, they should be a junior elder, a, a younger worship or a younger uh, youth minister. Maybe if they're just younger, make them a junior elder. I'm not saying exclude them, right? Because there's got to be training that takes place. And then, right, because if you're not training up the next generation, right, and it's so, just go away. And, and and it's okay not to be in an eldership role. There's a lot of people in church that have never been elders. There's been people in church that have been asked asked to be elders, and they say, "No, nah, I don't feel called to it." And there's been people that have accepted and taken on the roles and responsibility of elders. And uh, I think many people are called, and do well and then there's some that are gone into that position maybe not called and are ill prepared for the experience like mars hill uh they were kind of put pushed into that position right not will or not willingly like we saw in uh, first timothy but they were kind of pushed into that position and i think that that's where the danger lies but yes 
that's my final thoughts, man. Yeah, and you know, mine the, the the big one is the fact of we always need to be training up the next generation and giving them opportunities to grow. And there's so many times where this is where I think a lot of churches fail, specifically young leaders, is a lot of at least out of our tradition, right? A lot of times when someone comes out of either Bible college or seminary, normally it's Bible college, they step into the youth pastor role because they view that as a stepping stone sure. to becoming a senior pastor or a lead pastor or whatever. And not really called to it. Right. Exactly. And, and, and you know, there's been people that I have known, and I, I won't go much deeper than that, where it's like, I look at them like, yeah, you're not a good youth pastor, and we all know you don't want to be a youth pastor. This is what you feel like you have to do your time to get to the spot you want. Right. Whereas for me, to be honest, I didn't want to be a lead pastor. I had no desire. Right. I would perfectly content being Scott's number two. Perfectly content. Did sure. not want it because of all those other things that came along with it. Right. And I felt like I, even with my age, when pe- someone was like, you know, you should. Someone actually has told me, oh, you should be a pastor until you could, you could, you could preach and because you're a great teacher. And I'm like, that's not the only thing a pastor does. Yeah, I was going to say, you can teach and not be a pastor. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that, that's the really fun thing about this podcast is we are able to teach, but we're by no fair stretch of the imagination pastors. We're, we're laymen of the church. Exactly. Like, like we're teachers. Sure. We, I mean, that's what we do. This is a teaching podcast. And we feel called to it. 100%. And, and we've both in our own different ways have been trained in this yep. too. Right. So it's not like we're, we're newbies to this, but right. at the same time, the calling, the, the, the calling of a lead pastor is different than, than many other ones. And yes. I would even say the calling of elders is different than being called to the the, the, the lead pastor of a church. So I, I think those are different. I agree. But when it comes to bringing up the next generation, I actually think it's really good to give young kids their shots, With but oversight. in doses, in doses. So like with like, no oversight. Oh no 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 with oversight, but okay, I mean like okay. in doses. Gotcha gotcha. Like okay, so for for example, like sure. when I was in college, and I'm thinking even some of the college kids that came through Southside. Sure. When I was in college. Our, the pastor of that little tiny church, church of 40 people, he would give us opportunities to teach on, like, like during youth group. Sure. Or uh, during Sunday school, do different things. Or like, hey, we, we need your help running this. Right. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give you lead and we're going to, we're going to work through this to do the different things. When I was interning my last year, I built a ministry from the ground up mm. under the oversight of the, you know, director of, you know, children's and women's ministry. Sure. And, and Cindy was one of the, I mean, she was absolutely brilliant. She mm-hmm. was amazing at what she did, but she didn't lead me to fall flat on my face because if, if it, but this is what my other, my, my other buddy who was a youth pastor, the pastor left him to fall on his face because mm-hmm. he would do things, make mistakes. And then the pastor would just berate him. And he's like, could you teach me how to do this rather than just tell me I'm doing it wrong? Right. Teach me how to do it. And he didn't last at that church long because the pastor just, he, he wanted to just set it, leave it, and forget it. It's like, hey, you deal with it, but if it's wrong, I'm going to deal with you. Right. Rather than I'm going to teach you how to do it. So right. I think it's really, really cool when you're able to serve under people to, to, to get those doses and learn how yeah, to do it. definitely. And if a, if, if, a, if a guy feels called, or even if a girl feels called to step into that student ministry role, children's ministry role, let's find ways to teach them how to do it. Yeah. Like, there's one church that I think this is the coolest thing ever. I never heard of this before. They had a 50 or almost 60-year-old youth pastor. He was the youth pastor. Right. But, and I was listening to an interview with him, and they were like, how on earth are you still the youth pastor? He goes, well, the youth pastor's main role is to, yes, set the direction and the, and, and the, and the development of the students, but it's to come alongside the parents as well. Right. I'm a grandpa now. 
I can come along the parents of teenagers and, and, and young adults to help them take those next steps in that. But he goes, you better believe I got a lot of other kids underneath me that are college kids that are, have all the ball, like, like that. The, uh, they have all the energy and their, 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 their gears. I was gonna say their ball always keeps turning, but no, their gears always keep turning. They can do the all nighters. They can do the, the, the crazy things in front of teens. They could do the challenge. He goes, I'm tired at like eight, bro. Yeah, and, and, and so when you said like, you know, there's something to be said about a young uh, fresh out of college kid with the energy levels to hang like to to hang with the teenagers. Right. But the coolest thing about this church is he's like, I'm the youth pastor. That's my role. He goes, I'm the youth pastor. I oversee all of this. But then he had other people that were under him. And then on staff, now they were a huge church, but even under like the like the next people, there were other people that were fresh out of college under mm. them too. Mm-hmm. So the idea was is they all were kind of teaching the next sure. generation about here's how we can serve teenagers and parents sure. and and come alongside these parents to teach these kids and encourage these kids in the faith. Right. And I'm like, that's probably the best example of leadership I've ever seen in a church. Mm-hmm. And but it's hard, I know, in the small churches though, to do that. Most churches are size seventy five or less. Sure. It is hard to do that. And I want to encourage the people that are listening right now of if you are young, don't let that be an excuse of oh, I'm just too young, I can't serve anywhere. Well, no, seek out, uh, seek out a place to serve. Seek out an elder to teach you. Right. And I would say for those who are listening who are older, and by older, I'm going to say like 30 and above. Let's just do that. 30, 40, 50. We'll we'll stick with the standard. Find someone to disciple because you have a lot of life experience that we need to know. Right. Like like, like if I could go back and give like advice to the 23-year-old Mark, 23-year-old Mark might be a lot more successful Mm. in a lot of certain areas. Mm. But I can't do that now. I can only right. move forward. But there's other people who can speak into that. So I would sure. say for whoever's listening, you know, if you are considered older, teach the younger. And if you are younger, it's not a bad thing to desire to become an elder and desire to become a pastor. Because even uh, Paul says, he who desires to be an elder desires it. It's, yeah. Desires a good thing. Yeah, right. But at the same time, don't just do it out of. I know. I want to. I want to just. I, I love Jesus, bro, and I just want to see teens follow him and do all. This. It's like cool. But be willing to be humble enough to submit yourself underneath somebody right. to teach you the ropes. And it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be weird and you're going to feel like you're being judged left and right. Sure. But that's not a bad thing. Nope. That's not a bad thing. And in the modern American church culture, you know, we see it more as a uh, just come and worship with us and that's it. Whereas, you know, the ancient church was more of a family in a, in a commune. Right. You know, and so I think that's that's the biggest thing that, that I can take away from it. So can churches set their own standards on ages? I think, yeah, I, I think they can of like, you know, we want a youth pastor who's at least this age because of these reasons for protection reasons. But at the end of the day, when it comes to age and leadership of the church, I don't think it's a bad thing for a young kid to want leadership positions, but they need to be willing to submit themselves underneath the elders of the church to learn and study and grow. Sure. That's, that's my closing thoughts, man. All right, man. Sound good? Ready to some fun facts? Let's do it. Let's go. Time for fun facts with February. <laughs> All right, my dude. That was a long conversation. So let's let these people go on their merry way with a fun fact. What's the fun fact you got for the peoples? The fun fact of the day is, did you know the Eiffel Tower can grow more than six inches during the summer? No, I actually didn't. Because of thermal expansion, the high temperatures make the iron expand. Fun fact. Really? So it could grow six inches. So if you were made of metal, maybe you'd grow a little bit more. You know, I saw <laughs> on a... I just <laughs> caught that. On Facebook today, I saw that there is a container where you can put a tub of like Ben and Jerry's, like the single sun in this container, put it in the freezer, and no one can open it because really? of... 
like the the base is aluminum and the top is a different type of metal. Oh, and so one it of shrinks. Them, and, and shrinks so one, at a rapid rate. One, one shrinks, but faster than the other one. Yeah, so it actually right. they have like put underwater for it to like sure. expand yep. and and grow. So I that deal, makes sense. I deal with it all the time at work. Thermal expansion. So so this actually this fun fact it hits really close home. It does for Fuller because you are the steel I, man. I deal with it all the time. That's actually a really cool fun fact. Thanks for that fun fact, my Always, dude. my friend. Oh, goodness. Well, guys, just like always, we are so thankful that you decided to come out and hang out here with us over at RTC Land. If you would do us a huge favor, though, if you live, listen over on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you left us a review and a rating. And if you are on Spotify, leave us a rating over there. And I want to challenge all of our listeners with this real quick, all right? I am sure there is someone in your uh, immediate circle friends, family, someone that sure. need, that needs to be a part of the RTC community. So either invite them on Facebook, share an episode to your story, or hey, just send your friend or your family one of our episodes from RTC because we would love to get this in the hands of more people. And if you want to know where you can go to send more episodes to these people, go to realtalkchristianpodcast.com. Go hit the uh, little three bars and go down to the listen and you can view every episode we've ever done. All the episodes. All the episodes. You know, part of my to-do list is to help uh, set up a categorization system for that. Yeah. I just haven't had the, One of the these bandwidth days. to do it. Sure. I love it. But hey, you can also hang out with us over on YouTube. Hit the subscribe, hit the bell, so you'll always be notified when we do all of the things. And we're on every social media channel. Email realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. Phone number is... 574-400-5352. I love it, man. Dude, my voice feels shot right now. I don't know how um, yours feels. I'm whooped. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, if we're whooped then. We should just let the amazing, beautiful, wonderful people go. How about that? Sounds good to I me. I love it, guys. Well, hey, until next time then. Take it easy.